live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. A vlogcast that comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. The vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect when Shujin decided he wanted to shaft me with trying to come up with a witty intro that he knows I can't do, so he wrote a self-referential intro just to see if I was reading or winging at that sucker. That's what was supposed to have come through last week, but things unfortunately did not work the way that they were intending to. And I was really hoping I'd be able to tune in while I was out in Pittsburgh to go, gotcha, fucker. Good evening. Father Dallin tonight will be paid, played by Shooting Trouble. <laughs> so good evening, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am, of course, your main host. I've noticed Shooting Trouble all over the place, otherwise known as You Son of a Bitch. Nice to have you guys here. Uh, yes, unfortunately, last week uh, turned out to have been uh, a no-show for reasons. Don't worry about it. Such happens every once in a while. Let's go ahead and introduce you to the roundtable, because that's kind of what we do over here. Top left-hand corner of the bingo card. Uh, well, at least as far as... Um, uh, not on the screen for you, but, you know, on North America. Dallin, hi. Yeah. Glad you're able to make it this week, because, um, yeah, last week was interesting. Yeah, like I said, last week, um, quite literally, it was just an 11th hour Murphy just yelling at me. It you, know, when, you know, it's like Mur Murphy pops up and says, pay attention to me. I'm like, no, come on, man. I, I got a show to pay attention to me now. Okay. <laughs> you know, Jesus it's, it's Seymour. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much when when Murphy starts to sound like a cross between uh, pissed off Yoda and the plant from uh, little shop of horrors, <laughs> you listen. Yes, so. you do. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Uh, known as you son of a bitch, dude, you're, you're, you're not giving yourself nearly enough credit. Yeah, that's true. Oh, what I could say could potentially get us demonetized. Oh, wait, wait, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to go ahead and call me that retroactive bastard, that's fine. That works, too. That's perfectly acceptable and actually accurate. Yeah, some people need to have that one explained one of these days. Uh, one of these days we'll do that, but good to have you back, man. Good to be here. Midwest of the U.S., where it is not yet snowing, I don't think. Bridget, good evening. No, it's supposed to Halloween. I think the morning of Halloween, but uh, good evening. Yeah, we'll see. Moving a little off to the right, uh, in the Ohio River Valleys. Sure, yeah, that's close enough, I guess. Joey, good evening. Good to see you. That's two, technically. Two, two what? Two retroactive bastards, but one, you know. Uh, well, you know, be this it may. And over the pond, uh, Joseph uh, is making it, and very happy to be up at such a wonderful, ungodly time of the morning. Oh, dark, stupid in the morning. Joseph, good morning. Good morning. It's 5.09 Paris time. Yes, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna have to be attentive, because apparently um, daylight savings, or, or whatever the hell it's supposed to be, is going to be one of those tricky things in the very, very near future. That's going to be fun, again, as happens, so... Yeah, we're well, going to be changing the, the time frames because, you know, midnight here the in the U.S. Next week. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. So it was suggested that we, um, you know, technically we have to go three hours. So Yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh. Okay. <laughs> nope. I am, go on without me. Uh, real simple, because I am not that stupid. Contrary to popular yeah. belief. 
I mean, that's when we officially got back on standard time, but what exactly is standard? What exactly is a man? Not, nothing in life is standard anymore, not that, even standard vehicles. That's true. Mm -hmm. Wow, when did standard no longer become the standard? Is that standard uh, standard or standard standard standard? Now, see, now now you're talking now you now you're talking um that that fancy schmancy metric standard and and don't don't do this. Everybody loses their 10 millimeter um wrench. Don't don't, don't do that. Holy crap, the vlogcast. Now with more standards. <laughs> um you know what? Um <laughs> Considering our Friday night shows, that's quite the switch right there, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, my brain just froze at that. So, <laughs> well, it is getting close to winter, so it's completely understandable. That's why you should have more alcohol in you to keep that going. Later, later, we'll do that later. So, of course, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. As always, please check out the live chat, which is going on over here on your screen. I know that's in front of my face. I'm sorry, <laughs> whatever. And uh, you know, you can you can always join us if you feel adventurous feel free uh stephanie ryan felis uh got everybody got everybody so far so hi guys yeah so last like i said last week uh, unfortunately was a no-show because you know the great god murphy reared up his ugly head and said you want to make money you need to pay attention to me okay you know that's perfectly understandable so um my opening literally was what I wrote for Dallin to find out whether or not he was actually reading it straight off the screen and I could screw with him. And that would have been a lot of fun. Oh, I, I make no mistake. I would have read it right off the screen and then I would have ad-libbed the hell out of it afterwards with, you know, you know, you know, WTF is this crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and let's face it, rightly so. And I got to be a little bit more careful with my volume inputs. Sorry about that. I was just looking over the the volume on uh, on uh, the streamer and I suddenly realized oh I got a couple of these things are popping into the red that's yeah that's that's, that's not such a good idea so I'm trying to be a little careful about that however because of that I actually do have the 5 minute freestyle written out because I left it for Dallin because you know I it's not that I don't trust Dallin it's just that he does enough he doesn't need to be you know coming up with shit on his own that's my job. It's close enough. So let me go ahead and entertain you. Let me make you smile as soon as I can figure out where I put it into this document. There it is. This is what, this is what happens. So let me go ahead and uh, take care of that for you guys. So with five minutes on the clock, your five-minute freestyle starts right about now. And this time out, I called it listening there's a, a there's a meme going around in some political circles right now most notably in the US that asks are you going to lose friends over disagreement of political opinion and the character answering states that they're not losing them over politics but of morality well and forgive me I'm going to read it just the way that I wrote it so if it sounds a little self-referential, I'm sorry. I'm not speaking the third person because I feel I'm above you people. I just feel I'm above you people anyway. I don't need to speak in third person, so whatever. Just go with me on this one. Shut up. My joke. Well, 
Shujin's seen that and kind of taken it to heart and has needed to make some really tough choices in his online associations. Yes, he's unfriended some people because of the stance, but he wasn't a dick about it. He didn't do the whole, screw you, you're a horrible person putting up Trump propaganda at your workplace as a public school teacher, damn it. I'm unfriending and following you. Goodbye. Click. Oh. No. He just watched and listened and then investigated quietly. What some CBers back in the day used to call sandbagging. Just open your ears and gather information passively. Because you can learn a lot about people just by waiting for them to tell you everything you need to know. Find out what somebody knew, when and how they behaved afterwards is very telling. If someone didn't know about something dangerous and didn't do anything about it, well, they're hardly at fault, right? I mean, you can't reasonably be held accountable for something you didn't do if you didn't know you needed to do it. Right now, these days, it's blisteringly obvious just how much of a monster Donald Trump is as the office holder of the U.S. president. He's shown himself to hardly care about the duties and responsibilities of that position. He's alienated previously friendly governments, shown not one whit of concern for the fates of others, never mind put political fundraising by groups like the NRA ahead of your school children's lives. So, yeah, you'll eventually figure out that you've been unfriended. No, it's not a programming error on social media part. That really doesn't happen anymore. There's an old lawyer's axiom. Never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Because if you ask him why he unfriended or unfollowed you, you're going to get an honest answer. With all the integrity he has to his being. Because where you told us through passive means how you feel and where you stand, he will tell you through active means where he stands. Like a tree saying, no, you move. Oh, uh, by the way, there's one more axiom to remember as a school teacher. You cannot unlearn something. And Shujin loves to fancy himself as a teacher. One who believes that a good teacher is able to find a way to connect their lesson to the student because there are no bad students in that model. Only bad teachers. And bad teachers forget that their students, especially their LBTQIA plus students, are always listening, always trying to learn, always soaking up information, including the information you've passively provided to them. Things like the little Donald Trump figurine sitting on the corner of the computer of your desk, facing you, Arms crossed, face nearly scowling, red tie pointing down towards his worsening approval ratings. Have you wondered what your students have picked up from you now? This is episode... What the hell number are we even at at this point? 283. Take two. Your Honor, Baba Black Sheep. Uh... This was something that was kind of prompted by Joseph uh, asking several times over, you know, we should really talk about this kind of stuff about, you know, people not really thinking for themselves when they really should. 
and they just don't. And, well, that's basically what we're going to come down to and discuss when all is said and done over here. I did go looking. Uh, unfortunately, there is no new information about Rafe Badawi's condition, which sucks. I don't have anything. And it, it drives me nuts because I would really like for there to be something at least. However, with nothing new, as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been seven years, four months, 13 days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. So with that out of the way, like I said, uh, please forgive me if I was, if I sounded condescending because I, I wrote it in third, you know, I wrote it for down. I didn't want to be editing it on the fly in my head and, and really royally screwing it up. So please, I'm sorry for the way that it comes across sounding that way. But it really is true. Uh, somebody that I'd known since high school saw a picture of their desk and they're a public school teacher and they've got a little Donald Trump figurine on their on their computer on the edge of it. And it's just, you know, no, <laughs> just yeah. this is this is a bad thing to do. I don't care if it was a president that we approved of. This is not something that should be part of your public school desk, period. End of story. Because that's not your position. You should not be doing that tacitly. And like I said, kids, I don't care how old, are going to be soaking up information, even passively. And it hurt. And I'm not, I'm not putting up with that. And I don't care. What's the what's the French expression? That's the way life goes. C'est la vie. Agreed. So, Joseph, you were the one that really uh, pushed for this topic overall. So, why don't you go ahead and basically just give us a rundown as to the the thing that you've been harping on time and time and time again about this whole thing about we need to have people who are actually interested and thinking for themselves and why it matters. Or maybe he's just stepped away again and muted himself. Where the hell, man? There yeah, you I, are. I was, I was talking happily away. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, well that's done. never happened to any of us no, before. Never, oh, never. Never. No, no, never. No, no. Harumph. No, I'm actually I'm actually doing the show in mime. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, in basically every discussion we have, you know, where where it it always comes back to the question: Well, why do people do what they do? Um, and we're seeing everywhere we're seeing like um, trends and mass movements, and basically, you know, people following same behavior patterns uh, when they have no rational reason as to why. So when you follow that rabbit hole down uh, far enough, um, yeah, you you get to um, people who seem to... Like, I don't even know where to start with this, but they, they seem to survive... Basically, they seem to have offloaded the responsibility for their own survival off to other people. Because, I mean, when you take 
everything we do down to the, 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 the lowest level. You know, the human brain, its primary interest is its own survival. And um, early on in life, um, you know, we don't have a lot of experience. So we depend on mom and dad to tell us what's good and bad for us, you know, hot stove and all that. So they can tell us it's hot before we have to apparently touch it ourselves and learn the hard way for ourselves that it's not good for us. But there's a certain point in our life where we transition over to, you can call it, I used to call it autonomous thought, but I'm more and more um, inclined to call it uh, autonomous survival, which means you become responsible for your own survival, which means that uh, you make your own value judgments. Uh, you decide for yourself what's good and bad, you know, rely, depending on whatever information you have until then. And you even learn to question that information that you've learned so far to, to test its validity and all that. But it seems that a lot of people aren't doing that. Um, they continue to rely on, quote unquote, trusted leaders or deciders or whatever to decide for them what's good or bad. So basically, you know, they don't seem to have any decision-making processes or even abilities going on. So which means that that uh, this group of humanity anyways is, is locked into uh, a survive-by-imitation mode, meaning that... Uh, you know, depending on whoever their quote unquote leader is, um, they're gonna they're gonna mold their behavior around that, and like that is the rule, and nothing outside of that, and and, and that rule, that mode of survival, is their definition of good, and that goes right back down to the uh, the, the the brain's instinct for for survival, because I mean that's that's their only um, barometer or, um, what's a better standard to go back to that word, you know, it's really <laughs> <laughs> to go back to, uh, but, but that's the, that's the only yeah. means they have of making a decision. What's the other guy doing? And that's it. I mean, and it, it's really odd and it's, it's appalling and it's scary. And I spent most of my life thinking I was wrong about this. Or that I was the one being strange and not fitting in and all that when I, when I see it. Because I, I, most of my life, I just didn't understand why people were doing what they're doing. And I see them, they're doing it because, you know, when I ask them why they're behaving in a certain way, their answer was always because this X other person is doing it or X everybody else is doing it or X. It's, you know, I never got a rational reason. To kind of go along with this, uh, Stephanie's got a couple of items over here uh, really quickly. Uh, first one was, I find it hilarious that people are expected to think rationally. You have to train them to do that. People think emotionally. First point that you've got right here, absolutely exactly on par. And that's also one of the reasons why my big harping point so many times over and over again is that quality 
primary and secondary education, quality primary and secondary education is really the basis for having that start. That if you don't train up early for, for kids to be able to understand how to, how to tell apart opinion from fact and how to weigh each, you know, you, you, you kind of end up into exactly that. Now you don't have to be bringing up a bunch of little Spocks, but kids that can actually, you know, try to evaluate what's what and know how to find out which to evaluate and how, you know, that's, that's important. And that's, that's a long-term investment and that because long-term investments are not sexy, you don't really get that a lot. But even that, even that term, like I'd even like to question what we call thinking nowadays, because I mean, emotional thought for me, that's just reacting. It's not, it's a reaction. It's not a thought. And in these days of, you know, instant communication to the masses, emotional thought, it, it almost creates a type of a, a negatively motivated, positive feedback loop. If you can follow me on this one, where something happens now, no, Shujin, go with me on this. Cause I, I, I think you and I, well, maybe Bridget too, but you know, you never ask a lady her age. Um, we might have some we might have some experience with this thing a happens and there's that there's that immediate hot flash of outrage you know you, you want to have that emotional response and like my parents used to tell me okay before you say anything before you do something step back and take a deep breath you know think about it but these days on, on the internet, like with, with Facebook and other forms of social media, you can, you can type something the moment after it happens. And, you know, it, it's outrage. It's that initial hit that, Hey, I can do something about this before taking that step back and going, okay, let's, let's evaluate this. If and I then, may, and then hmm? what you're talking about, is the social media equivalent of road rage. Yeah, exactly. And what happens is people see your outrage post and then they feed on it. They get outraged. And then someone else gets outraged. And this is what I mean by a positive feedback loop is that it continuously goes around and around and it keeps building up until some kind of critical mass and, you know, there, there was a YouTuber I used to watch. Uh, he's not there anymore, but he would look at a lot of the videos that people would publish about, you know, incidents. You know, it could be a riot. It could be a demonstration. But one of those videos that sparks a crap ton of outrage. And I don't know how he, I don't know how he did it. <clears throat> but he would find, like, let's say they, they show you a five-minute video. But then somehow he would get a hold of the full 10 minute video that puts that initial released five minutes into a context that makes you go, okay, don't you feel stupid now for outraging like that? Like you're an idiot. 
And, and, and I think a lot of this goes to, you know, a bit of what Joseph was saying is that people just aren't thinking they, they're reacting these days. And now, <clears throat> to be fair, to be fair, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you did it. Um, All right. <laughs> well, anyways, dark hair. So, yeah, but like, like all things, like that being said, I, I think, and boy, I'm not trying to be tinfoil out of here, but society as a whole, everybody's on edge these days. Can I can I just add to that a bit? Because, yeah, go ahead. You know, if we if we go if we think about our early life, you know, we're we're born with um, we seem to be born with a a fixed set of reactions, um, you know, emotion, emotional emotional responses, and it's actually critical thought that um, allows us, you know, because basically, if you look at it, we're computers with the ability to program ourselves. And mm-hmm. the programmer part of our brain is critical thought. So we're born with these base, you know, um, set of emotions, a uh, reaction to danger, a uh, reaction to whatever, you know. Um, and with time and experience and critical thought, we, we can retrain those emotions. So if we never transfer, if we never, um, if we never switch to autonomous thought or critical thought or autonomous survival mode or whatever you want to call it, we're going to be basically stuck with those base set of emotions. I mean, you know, everything uh, from, you know, sexuality to, um, you know, reaction to, um, you know, what we perceive as a threat or whatever, um, it's we're going to be stuck in the same way. We're we're not going to have the ability to 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 retrain those emotions, to suppress and, uh, for example. Yeah, uh, kind of backtracking a little bit though. By the way, uh, what I was saying that uh, Stephanie had a, a couple of other items. I know it's kind of backtracking a little bit, but she'd also said, um, I agree that most people do not have decisions decision-based processes it is so much easier to follow the herd over the cliff it seems and uh ryan ryan had also said i try not to follow the herd that's always seemed so fake you know you know and it's true there are there are times when following the herd so to speak and i'm i'm gonna be paraphrasing really highly here for a second is the way to go when it's been proven that that's the right way to go. For instance, following the herd when it comes to, uh, let's see, um, gravitational attraction causing the lowest, uh, the, the lowest entropy state for a physical body in space time being, Spheroid. I don't think we have any choice in that. Well, but... y- y- you remember there's this guy that wants to shoot himself off in a rocket that's that's basically an exploding hot water tank under his ass to prove that the planet is flat. 
Gravity sucks, and there's nothing they can do about it. Yes, well, you see, there, there, there's a problem right there. When there are people out there who say, "Well, all those, all those planets out there have been proven to be round, but the Earth is flat." Yeah, yeah. But see, sometimes we don't have any choice but to follow the herd. I mean, like for example, you know, um, it's a question of trust. But when, whenever we have the opportunity to question, we should. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, I, I've been mulling this around for well, for years. Because uh, no, I mean, this is something you know you've always talked about, Joseph. The the whole um, survival by imitation and following the herd. Well, and yeah, following the herd right now is a good thing if you you know live in a city or you live in a community. Because there are certain behaviors that are expected of community members following the law. Don't kill anybody. Don't steal. Don't be a dick. All of that. But I, I think what's missing in a lot of a lot of people is adaptation. Where, okay, if you don't know how to survive in a certain environment, the fir- your first instinct is, is to find out, okay, what's this guy doing? Okay, he's doing that. He seems to be doing well. I'll imitate him for now. And then over time, you come to realize, okay, you know what? Following him has gotten me about 80% there. I know enough now that I can experiment. I, I have enough order in my life that I can take that step forward, you know, throw a little bit of chaos in there and see if I can make this more my own if that makes any sense but that's that's you've described probably every learning experience in in existence and i think maybe maybe i'm a bit i was talking about early childhood and all that and it it seems to hold true for like anything we learn like our first steps like uh, okay taking karate courses for example we're gonna start by imitating uh, the instructor and all that, but eventually, once we get up there, uh, we gain control of our own. You know, imitating uh, the instructor. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. First step is to start imitating Michael Knight. Who are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Now, and I can use a real world example for this. Just recently. <clears throat> oh my God! We're not going to be talking about um, his recording contract in Germany, are we? No. Good, thank you. Oh my god. No, the, I, I I will not be referencing the Hoff in any of what I'm about to say. Oh, praise the flying spaghetti monster in this one. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to yeah, I'm, I uh, to, to clarify what I said earlier before I forget mm-hmm. it. It's just that um, I, I globally uh, tacked all that on to uh, transition between childhood and adulthood. But, um, yeah, you just brought up a great point, um, is that uh, we're all children whenever we begin to learn something for the first time. Yeah, and so, like, here's my example. Um, I work with a software product, you know, for, for medical transportation. Now, there's a guy I work with. Uh, he's light years more experienced at it than I am. And I'm... I'm working on my first full project with a company. And I have no idea how to, how to train 
each, I don't know how to train the agency on each of the stages. And as we've gone through, um, he's actually sat me down and showed me what he does to how to train people. And then I take that, I practice with it a bit, you know, again, learning by imitation. But then once I have a firm enough grasp on things, I'm going to branch out a little bit and see, okay, how, how can I, as me better present this? You know, it's, it's taking something and they call it making it your own. Yeah. And, I, and something I, I, similar to that in Kung Fu as well. I yeah. Mean, we at first imitated Sifu and our dinner drills and things like that. But after, you know, several months, we had to make up our own, uh, yeah. what we called tans. Like we, you know, did five animals and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, made up one called monkey flings poo. And you have to, <laughs> you know, think what would a monkey do and what movements would they use? And- yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, except less of a, uh, you know, now you create your own thing. It's more like, what I'm, what I'm thinking of is, okay, well, and, and think about, you know, you're, so you're imitating your, your Sifu and, you know, they can do, they can do a kick that, okay, look, there is no amount of stretching or cybernetic replacement that is ever going to get your leg to do that. Right. So you, you take the technique and you adapt it to your own, like you, you basically, you make it your own, like, okay, maybe I can't kick that high, but I can kick faster yep. or I, or I can get an angle that's going to, I don't know, break, break a couple more ribs than, than he would, or you know, the, something the, the, you have to your advantage, like I'm short. So I have a lower center of gravity. Yeah. So, you know, you I'm play to, use you, that to, to my advantage. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you learn the basics, but then you, you then play to your strengths, you know, molding what you've learned into something that can propel you forward. And I think, um, like in a lot of what we see here, like with, uh, you know, congregations or certain people, you know, well, and you know, these political fanatics and I don't mean the politicians, I mean the, the people that follow them. To them, it's a lot of the life by imitation, but they don't take it that next step and try to adapt what they've learned to, you know, their, their new environment, their, maybe they've got some other personal opinion that is, you know, we're maybe not a hundred percent in compliance with the mob. So they can only use part of it. And then the rest they have to, you know, adapt for themselves. Well, there that that other um, not corresponding to the mob um, decision might be based on something, uh, another personal experience they had. Uh, maybe they've got some sort of uh, other role model that they're following. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're getting into. Um, when I was talking. I was talking, I always refer to um, sheep, sheepdogs, and shepherds. And um, I think the politician that you're describing is more sheepdog, which means um, 
Mm-hmm. You've got the mob rule that uh, the sheep tend to follow, and then you've got the politicians who are actually they're more enforcers of the mob rule. So like the, the police to make sure everybody's um, following X model or whatever model they they've chosen to follow. Yeah. Or trying to get people to 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 follow their rules if they're not. Um I I give you a counter proposal. What if and, and and this is kind of an if, what if it's less that they are enforcers so much as they are the ones who are smart enough to know how to pull the Batman gambit on everybody in order to get whatever it is that they want. Now, to to clarify, by the way, the Batman Gambit is basically when you know your opponent so well that you can basically manipulate them into doing exactly what it is you want without needing to do it by force. Batman has been written many times over as being a brilliant strategist in being able to make people do things that they otherwise shouldn't have done because, well, he basically manipulated it that way. In I think inducing terror in people is, is kind of one of those things. I'm sorry, go ahead. And you're describing a shepherd. Because that requires critical thought. Well that sort of manipulation. But but where your where your idea of the shepherd with the sheepdog coerces through intimidation or force I'm talking more along the lines of people who I, you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the I know I'm not saying anything about intimidation or force well um, because basically the sheepdogs um they're controlling the flock so to speak to get basically most of them do it to get scraps from the shepherd's table or whoever's really running things Wait a minute. We hold it. I, I think no, no, no. I think you're kind of mixing a couple of pieces together here that I'm not. Uh, I'm not separating out correctly. The 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 getting scraps off of a table, herding sheep. I'm not. I'm not seeing where the the direct connection is with these. Um. <clears throat> yeah, you were talking about force and coercion. And I was saying um, that's that's really not the that motivation isn't required. Okay, well let me people do things for people tend to do things for reward as well. As well, yes, and those rewards could be just ephemeral feelings of, in some cases, superiority. What I was trying to get at was that or kickbacks. Whatever it might be, yeah. What I was getting at was that the shepherd wants the flock to do move from one pen to another. We'll go with the easy one. And by himself would not be able to do more than, you know, wave his hands and move a couple of them at a time. Whereas a sheepdog would be the equivalent of the threat and enforcer. The threat would be if oh, you're you don't along the lines of a literal sheepdog. Okay. Yes. 
Yes, that's that's. Uh, otherwise, I mean, w w what's the, the analogy? But if, you, if you look at history, you know, people have tried all sorts of methods. I mean, you've got religion that tries to do this softly. You've got like uh, Stalinist what? Russia who tries to use the stick. Well, let's 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 be let's be frank here. We know for well religions use a pretty friggin' big stick sometimes too. Oh, they've tried everything. You know, like look at uh, religion in America. Um, well, they're they're more um, I don't know what to call that, but they're 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 not very stick oriented. Yeah, and, and they've discovered that uh, people will basically hurt themselves <laughs> if they. You know, manipulate well, right. if you well, and that is if you give them if you show them a big enough carrot, I think that's where you were going. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so like with religion, oh god, you know, every time we talk about this stuff, that dentist nightmare face Osteen always pops up. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be worse. You know, and that's the exact. Uh, that's what Shujin. That sort of person is what Shujin was referring to earlier the manipulator yeah. he knows yeah. perfectly well what he's doing yeah, yeah but but he's he's the shepherd that doesn't really need a sheepdog because you know that he's so he's so in tune with the sheep he's he's the beast master so to speak no 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 oh no oh no he's got his sheepdog too his sheepdog it, uh how the hell am I going to do this correctly? Is is I'll, God? I'll, <laughs> is his book and all the bad that could happen to you if you don't follow the book? This is Blender for Dummies, by the way. This is what I've got right here. Yeah. I haven't okay. broken it open well, yet. <laughs> fair, no, fair, fair point. You can be a shepherd and pretend to be a sheepdog. Or even you can even pretend to be a sheep. And that's what he's doing. He's pretending to be a believer so that everybody will believe "Quote unquote," just like him, he so. is he is the head sheep leading everybody on and saying, "Come on along because there's there's a there's a sheep dog behind us that's going to be biting at your heels if you're not following along with me." So let's go ahead and do exactly what he wanted because that's what yeah. the shepherd wanted us to do. Don't fall behind. And the uh, beauty of it is that you know you'll find that in in a flock of sheep, you know anybody who. Um, it's, it's, you know, English is just filled with expressions like this, the black sheep or whatever. You know, if anybody, if any of the other sheep get out of line, well, the rest of the sheep are going to try to bring them back in. I'm they sorry. They pull it themselves. Yeah, you, or you say, you're going to have that, you're going to have that one ram that's going to challenge you, like challenge okay. the shepherd Ta for dominance. Oh. Oh. Okay. See, yeah. you, you say you say flock, and I'm sorry. I, I, I've, I've just, I've, I've got, <laughs> but, I've um, got the, I've got the, the hair bob in front of me with the, with the. Uh, another I ran expression we have, that common expression, is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, basically, you've got, you've got these three different levels. No, because I think it's important to make a distinction between sheep and sheepdogs, because I, I'm not even sure the sheepdog analogy is, is the best one, because. In my experience, it's amazing how quickly a sheep, a follower, can switch to becoming an enforcer. Um, basically, That's... if you're a follower, uh, it's like it's what I was referring to earlier. Like if you're following 
the leader. And um, and then you become an enforcer. Instead of just blind, instead of just blindly following, somebody gives you the role of making sure everybody else follows, just like you. In, See, adopting uh, in a, a leadership role. No, I got you. Uh, this is something that in in the religious circles, though, from the way that I see it, is already tacitly there with some organizations. Uh, perfect example. Any of the. All right, maybe not any of the Christians, because the UUs don't exactly do this the same way. Their big thing is they go out there and they try to get more converts because that's that's good that's what the flock needs and wants so they the, are tacitly yeah they are tacitly enforcers already trying to gain more people into the flock whether they have realized that or not because oh. it's part of the uh it it's part of the or carrot they bait <laughs> Basically, oh, I really don't want to be thinking about the word Mormon and bait in the same breath. Don't do this to oh, me again. But basically, really these people are gullibility hunters, you know, trying to find other humans that are in this um, mental state of dependence. Um, yeah. I, not thinking critically. I and can't, not questioning. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Dallin, please don't fix this in post because you can't. One word comes to mind. Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> They're all using the same, basically, you know, it always comes back, this is why I'm always harping on this, because it always comes back to the same basic set of emotional responses we have from early untrained re emotional responses. And all of these organizations and, like, even corporations, I mean, they they, they manipulate this. Yeah. They count on it. And, and what we're looking at is just different forms of manipulation of the same thing. Yeah. And and what was it I talked about, you know, I think right when I, almost when I first started on the show, one of the things was if you are desperate enough, if you, if your life has taken so many bad turns that you're desperate for some kind of hope, you'll do anything. Yeah. Even if, even if your, your, your better judgment is telling you that, look, this is a scam. Yeah. But if it's, if it can take away my pain for only a moment, it's worth it. It, it goes a little further than that, I think, because there's one thing that always confused me was, um, why religion tried to get in on Alcoholics Anonymous and <clears throat> You know, if your life is shit and everything you've tried isn't working, you know, if your life is a disaster and like uh, you're, you're, you're basically your you're, you're survival is in question, well, if things are that bad for you, maybe you're at a point where you will give up your self-governance to somebody else. And I think this is exactly what happens in Alcoholics Anonymous. I think this is exactly what happens with... Uh, um, the the less fortunate people who have tried everything well, and nothing's working for them. And they I think addiction, no way out. yeah, addiction in general though is 
it is. You have lost control of your life because, I mean, look, I've, I've, I, I haven't had, like, I've never been an addict per se. Although um, that oxycontin I had in the hospital was, let, let's just say the withdrawal was was terrible, and that yeah. was only after a few weeks. But if I remember right, that was kind of a necessary evil at the time too. Uh, yeah, but. But but to my point, ad- addiction is well. That's exactly what it is. You are dependent on what that thing does because the withdrawal is physically painful. I mean, when my dad tried to give up smoking, he uh, oh boy. Well, okay. Be- no. Before you, before <laughs> you go too too far into this one, um, and 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 don't lose track of that one just yet, uh, Bridget. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know that you've got quite. Uh, I I don't know that you've quite got uh, anything uh, as far as to how addictions operate uh, in in any deep piece of it all. But would it be fair to say that different that addiction as a blanket statement is super super broad. And super, super complex because there are a lot of different ways and means that blanket term addiction manifests itself in people. It does, but yeah, most of it has to do with neurobiology. Um, you, know, you have little receptors in your brain and you know, certain parts of certain drugs or certain things, uh, you know, it's like those little receptors. And a lot of it will increase dopamine and uh, once you and, and serotonin, and once you get used to being flooded with dopamine and serotonin, when something is not providing that anymore, that's when you start running into problems. And the reason why I was going with it is very complicated in in how it manifests in, in a whole bunch of different people. If the overriding piece is you are flooding your brain with new happy juices through whatever methodology, whether it be new chemicals, making new stuff in your head and flooding you that way, or perhaps getting a high off of, let's say, running because you're driving your body to do things, or that new hit that you get from social media where you've suddenly got 14 gajillion people saying, hey, good on you. Those can all end up becoming things that mm-hmm. you get dependent upon, no? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and endorphins feel good. And anything that, you know, brings out endorphins, you know. It's, it's uh, a form. It's called reward. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the brain gives quote unquote reward reward juices whatever you want to call them Happy <laughs> juice. Reward, your reward centers light up yeah and this is directly um related to your survival instinct right and now that, that's how it operates and actually these drugs they imitate because normally like like bridget said you know we are and like you said, well, um, we get reward for it, getting a lot of likes, you know, signing a new contract, um, taking home a new car, buying a new house or whatever. But drugs, it, then if we do all these things naturally, 
you know, without any chemical assistance, then, you know, we will get a brain reward, even doing exercises. But what drugs and alcohol do to you is give the reward without you doing any fucking thing at all. Right. Now, that's 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 a good piece and, of where I wanted to get to. And that's where it comes back to. You're completely right. That That's what we're addicted to. Okay. Now, with that, and, and Dallin, I hope I, I didn't completely make you lose where you were at this point. Because no, no, no. This goes, <laughs> this goes right into where you were going, I'm hoping. It, it does. Good. Um, no, like my dad was a career, was a career smoker. Did my job right on this one. I'm real happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, my dad was a, he was a career smoker for years. And after he retired, he had to, well, he, he ended up with appendicitis and ended up in the hospital for some time. Oh, that's a good reason to go ahead and stop. I mean, geez, what could possibly go wrong? A Zippo lighter and a whole bunch of O2. Yeah, that's 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 just going to go well for you. Oh, no. Like, th- th- there was accommodation for, for smoking patients. They just had to go outside in 40 below and light up there. And I see what you did there. Yeah. So, I you see, see my, yeah. So, my dad was kind of on this thing like, uh, you know, I this is probably just, yeah, he says, this is probably just not worth it. His body, um, without that stress relief that he had as a result, um, with my mom's condition at the time, and there were like frequent hospital visits for both of them, surgeries for, for both of them, his body went through such a drastic change that, you know, he fell off the wagon a couple of times. He had to... You know, he ended up going back on cigarettes for a while. Then he quit again. The withdrawal wasn't so bad this time, but then, you know, the weight gain because he was to distract himself. He would like, you know, munch a bunch of candies and, you know, that caused problems. So an an addiction um, is an involuntary surrender of your autonomy. So, you know, when you go to something like AA and, I, and I'm not saying that AA is the perfect solution, but that whole admit that you are, that you are helpless. It's largely in part because in a way you are, because you, you don't have the self-control to say, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, I mean, people on a diet, like I'm on one again. Um, you know, I, I was I was shopping today, picking up a couple of things for the house, and that that was that was hard because you know you walk by the bakery, you're just like, oh, you know, you, you smell the good stuff, or you walk by where they got the roast chickens, you just like, ha, you know. But all of this is it's again, it's like it's your brain uh, thinking that this activity whatever you want to do or the surge it's good for its survival yeah but in in this case it it's not yeah because you know that the added yeah the calories reason reason tells you that uh, that's just it um that's that's called self-control and this we have to reprogram our brain imagine you weren't able to think critically you would be stuck in this um you know, this craving mode. Yeah. You, know that. you wouldn't be able to 
of course you could you could check yourself like of course you could do um, suppression which means you wouldn't have to to to, to retrain those neurons yeah. you couldn't add a level of rationality to your resistance um to this urge to eat to drink or whatever um you could just suppress but those emotional responses or whatever your brain is trying to trick you into doing um it's still going to be there it's going to continue unmodified whereas through critical thought you can find you're actually building something new in the brain you're actually building a road around yeah. those urges and that takes and, time yeah and, and, and that's and that's the one thing about addiction too is that you know, you have these people that, you know, they, that all, that show that used to be on any intervention, Yeah. you know, where, where they would do the emotional thing. And what I've learned though, is that if you are going to, if you're going to diet or it, like, or sorry, if you need to diet or you need to quit this or you need to quit drinking or something, it has to be your decision. Because oh, some damn. someone telling well, someone telling you that you're an alcoholic or that you're this or you're that, because of your because of what it does for you, you instantly get confrontational or you, you get defensive, or it even becomes an excuse to do whatever. Oh yeah, they're telling you not to do. You know my my ex father in law he um, he got called out on the carpet for his alcoholism, to the point where his son told him, um, yeah, you either lay off the sauce or you'll never see your grandkids again because I won't bring them over. I worked for about a week. Now you kind of brought into the other half of the topic that I wanted to end up covering over with, which is we know full well that there are, there are people who will not think for themselves they will not rationalize through things. They will not think through. They will not put in the effort, and it is effort, to actually work through whatever a particular topic that requires criticality in. Did I did I completely derail myself? Whatever. Well, but think about uh, think about the phrase "adulting is hard." It, mm-hmm. True. True. You know. For some people, that's almost a religion these days. So the question now is, when there are people who are in a position to understand, to know, who do have the credentials to be able to figure through a problem, a topic, and be able to explain it and explain why one avenue is good and another avenue is bad or beneficial versus detrimental. Why do we end up having people who are just absolutely up in arms simply because never mind that they've been told that where they're going is wrong, but simply berate those who know what the hell they're doing, who have the credentials, who do actually know what the hell it is that they're talking about, can back it up and basically get branded as the high school equivalent of Egghead and Poindexter and all this shit. Do you like being told you're wrong? It depends on how. 
Exactly. exactly. Now that's well, for you. No, that, that it, that's for you. For other people, uh, if I was they're insulted, right. <laughs> if I yes. Was in, if I was insulted, you know that's really weird because see, I've been insulted in the past, and like people just look like like it, you look at me like I'm from another planet because like I mean, if there's something demonstrably true in their insults, if they've actually got a point, I have to give them credit. And, you know, I won't, I won't even get angry at it if they have a point. But, you know, if it's just an insult that, that it, that's, that's based on nothing at all um, in reality, and uh, it's just not applicable or demonstrable, it's a reflection on them. So even yeah. there, I won't get angry. But then it comes down again to um, the, the emotional reaction. See what you're, you're saying that, how, yeah, like it, what it you're saying, like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it, it, it just takes time to, to work around those emotional responses. Mm -hmm. It takes time to, to train them to, to have a reaction because, you know, basically our emotional reactions are just our default. It's our default. You know, it's what we start life with. So it's basically a default reaction, but you know, we have tons of opportunity to find other methods later in life. Yeah. But like people have that initial emotional response that, you know, you can be as tactful as you want. You know, you can, you could say, Hey, look, um, I saw you talking about this. Uh, you said that, you know, one plus one is four. Uh, I've got this mountain of evidence here that actually says it's, um, you know, one plus one is two. Um, you know, so I'm curious, where did you come up with the one plus one is four? And then when you pick yourself up off the ground after they've hit you because you dared to insult their intelligence, even though you did it tactfully. And I think this is what, um, Shujin, this is what you run into a lot on, on Facebook is somebody makes that wonderful postulation. You kind of go, eh, not quite. And I imagine you're fairly tactful about it, or you know, you back yourself up. But these guys go ape shit because but, you, you you dared to question, you know, their uh, their their authority or their their intelligence. Okay, now that's a rabbit hole you have to follow down because um, what's really going on here, or if you go one layer below that, um, there. Their outrage is because when somebody has a position of authority, um, they see themselves as a a leader. It's more mm -hmm. it's more a relation with reputation, which means you, these people are thinking about what other people think of them. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And. That's where the outrage comes from. Because if it was just them, if you were one-on-one -on -one with them and having a conversation, do you think you'd get the same reaction? Chances are yes. If they do see themselves as an, as, as an authority over you. Yeah. But um, you probably have a better chance of getting having a, um, a more rational conversation. But yeah, the, basically when when we're feeling outraged at being insulted, we're worried about what other people think of us. Yeah. That's all I want to say. 
Yeah. Uh, really quickly, Dallin, uh, one of the things that you guys were, what, what ended up uh, being mentioned and uh, alluded to was reminding me of, uh, it, it's probably going to click for you straight away, the uh, Dark Matter 2525 video about how people are, ha- people who have their religious beliefs questioned instantly turn it into you are questioning me and I'm trying to remember which which video that was uh, and I, I'm looking through his collection right now because I want to put that into the uh, into the show mm-hmm. notes was that um, the real God in Epiphany or does that one sound familiar <sighs> I don't want to be I don't want to be opening up videos uh, it, it, yeah because I, I, I'm I don't want to yeah I'm not entirely sure which video it is but I, I know what you I know what you're talking about where yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find that one and add that in uh, yeah, the reason why I'm bringing that one up, uh, for folks, so that you uh, you understand the the overall premise was that uh, Dark Matter has been doing videos for a very long time. If this is the one mm. I'm thinking of, this one goes back eight years now. The idea is that people get so entrenched in their religious beliefs, the the quote unquote true believers, if you will, that when you question them on or you show where there are inconsistencies in, and yes, I'm trying to be nice about it, they view it not as a questioning, even even gently, of a position. They see it, they, they interpret it, I should say, as an attack on their person. It's because, it's, because it's you, one and the same. It's... Yeah, I would make a huge distinction between uh, people who are uh, they feel endang- they feel that their authority is being in- endangered, and then you have people like you say believers who, um, if you're questioning their beliefs, that's something else. Um, their their reaction is more a fear one than anything because I think they so they feel that their entire existence. Is bit, like their 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 entire survival model, quote unquote, is being threatened. And they basically see you as as a threat. Yeah, because if you rely on somebody else's, um, you know, dictate for survival or somebody else's model for survival, and you question, and you see somebody else questioning that model that you rely on for survival, um. This person who's questioning is basically threatening your survival, and that's kind of explains the reaction you get. You know, and I just like had a, every 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 caller into the atheist experience. For example, when Matt uh, <laughs> corners somebody on something and they have no answer, it's always the reply is like other things, other things, some sort of distraction, just like yeah. anything. I just don't want to go there. I just don't want to think J- about that. Jingle keys. Jing- I mean, it's not yeah. keys, but you. It's the Gish Gallop, and and there's something I wanted to come to earlier because uh, about our um, emotional reactions and all that, and and the you know, our emotional reactions. You know, they've evolved. These are reactions to real world dangers that we used to have to face up, face up to in nature, like you know, other animals and um, natural disasters or whatever the weather. but I, I do see a bit of irony. When we look at the world around us today, it's 
pretty compared to years before. Um, it's pretty absent of danger. Yet, our emotional reactions seem to be at the same level as like real world threats. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like we're surrounded by lions, tigers, and tigers and bears. If you if you look at it from an emotional level, like people seem to be like really in danger or really. Uh... No, we got you. Well, the fear yeah, responses feel the same. Exactly. It's like it, we've moved from a real world danger. We. I, I find it just kind of silly, because I mean. We're we're all um, we're so protected now from real world dangers, but just seeing people having these angry re- emotional responses, like 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 the other person is like a real threat to them. Well, and I think a lot of um, I think the media has a lot to do with that nowadays. Okay, hold on before you go further. What when you're saying the media, I, I I want to make sure that we know which media you're referring to because you could be talking. Shut up a second. You could be talking about news media. You could be talking about social media. You could be talking about the medium that is the complete light speed transfer of information at any time because pick up your smart device and send off a bleep wherever. I, I want to make just talking about Fox News. How about we let him tell us what he means? Actually, I'm talking about all news and the entertainment industry. Okay. So the culture of fear and consumption. Some I got off of uh, Michael Moore years ago. Actually, it was um Trey Parker. They coined that one on uh, Bowling for Columbine. He said that we live in a we live in a society or in a in a culture of fear and consumption. Is where Manson? Oh, maybe yeah. he was on that show too, so it, it could have been him. Yeah. But uh, to my point, the media, and I just use that term kind of nebulously. They like to promote the culture of fear because, well, look at uh, look at crime dramas on TV. Fear you know, sells. yeah, you know everybody's everybody's a psycho rapist, uh, born again evangelistic cannibal, and it's up to the CSI team, who, in actual fact, they never leave the lab, um, you know, to fix it in an hour, or. It's Quantico, where I, my ex-wife used to like that show, uh, Criminal Minds. I had to stop watching it because some of the shit they got into was so depraved. And it's like, okay, if, if people who behaved like that were commonplace, nobody would be safe. And I think that's what, uh, that's what the entertainment industry is doing is that they're playing into that that fear and nowadays it's you know some news programs are also seeing that you know um oh god what was it um the boogeyman sells yeah and and what was that big oh there was a a hurricane 
it was a it was a category five, but suddenly some hyperbolic dipshit on one of the news channels said, "Oh, they, they're going to have to reclassify this a category six. Dun 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 dun. You know, yeah. and yeah, I, I think it was something. I think actually Fox News said it. That wouldn't at all surprise me for some stupid reason. Yeah, and the and the the people who track that kind of stuff went. Just shut your hole, please. You don't know what you're talking about. Go away. But it's it's buying into that, or it's it's selling the fear, and then oh, but we have the solution, and that's the consumption part. You know, is is the boogeyman coming to get you? Well, you know, buy buy our anti boogeyman kit for only you know twelve easy payments of your soul and a kidney. And people go after it because, well, I don't want the boogeyman to get me. The, the boogeyman's real. That, that's what the TV says. So we, we buy into it. And it's because people know that it sells and it can make them money. And I think that's why we're, we're seeing a lot of what we are these days. I mean, anxiety is at an all-time high. These days, you, you nod your head at somebody and... <laughs> You could end up either arrested out of your job or assassinated. Why? Because you triggered somebody with a nod of your head that has been a socially acceptable gesture for, I would almost say since before we had vocal language. Because how else are you going to communicate? Well, yeah. And this is kind of sort of related. I've read couple of days ago where uh, some of the universities are starting to ban clapping. Oh, I saw that. Yep. And all I can say is, you know, much as the rest of my family would hate me for saying it, I'm glad I don't have kids. That is, I mean, this is just so insane to me. But at the so same time, like, Bridget. Do jazz hands instead because it's not triggering. Yeah, but at the same time, Bridget, this is a lot. This is a huge case of reaping what you sow. You know, I went to a convention. Uh, actually, it was the last one I went to with Heretic Woman. And instead of clapping, people snapped. And I just rolled my eyes. That's just. Because it was support for that kind of behavior. And now the people who you know, advocated that behavior are now in positions of power where they can affect that kind of change. You know, as you know, if if you want to say it's absurd, okay, fine. You know, but this is, this, it is what it is nowadays. You know, it's just a case now of just, well, deal with it. Well, it's just, gotten to the point of ridiculousness if that's a word <laughs> c'est fou crazy oh wait a minute no that's not crazy that's a penguin yeah and sorry I was uh, I was trying to find the information about uh, whoever it was that had said that a, a cat six hurricane was supposed to be a thing I actually kind of think I found it um uh, or again, it might have been, it might have been one media outlet trying to 
throw mud at another media outlet because you don't tell me that doesn't happen. Yeah, well, be, be this it may, uh, the earliest one I was able to find was from August of 2011. Uh, the, no. the quote, uh, and, and follow me a second here, quote, the severe hurricanes might actually become worse. We may have to invent a category six, unquote, says David Enfield, a senior scientist at the University of Miami and former physical oceanographer at the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, a.k.a. NOAA. I know where that came from, Dallin. Trump said it. He he did. That's where you're remembering it from. Uh, if if I remember right, I think, however, he said that uh, he, he was saying a Category 5. Nobody's ever seen a Category 5, which was high yeah. bullshit, but that's a whole other no, issue. he said that would have to be, it's probably almost a Category 6 or something stupid like that. Uh, something stupid like that. Um, but the, the idea that it, it is something that could be, but really isn't. The the fact that a, a scientist thinks that there could be reason to consider adding such a, a, a rating, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is scary. Well, I, mm-hmm. I but that's a whole other them. piece. I think at some point they're going to have to because storms are getting stronger. Yeah. But the the thing is, it's it's the hyper it's the hyperbole. Yeah. It, it's it's everybody trying to. You know, they want the hot take. They want the the shock value. They want the they, they want to grab you by your ears, pull you in close, and scream at you that you need to do something, and that something is buy my product, or you're scared. I understand. Take my hand. I will save you. Vote for me. Well, it doesn't even have to be a, a, a vote for me. It could be literally buy my buckets of of dehydrated food for when the end times come, and mm-hmm. all you need is <laughs> water and a source of heat, and you're good to go. And uh, by the way, yeah. for those of you that uh, ever wanted to check out that stuff, um, over Ugh. on YouTube, the guy is over at Good Mythical Morning did their own taste test of the stuff and found some of it rather lackluster, shall we say? Um, So, so the zombie apocalypse would have been preferable is what you're saying Uh, for, for a couple of items. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, For instance, uh, chocolate pudding, because you know, in the, in the middle of a, you know, the, the rapture, you need to have your chocolate pudding. Uh, I think they mentioned that it tasted like there was uh, sawdust in it. I, I could be wrong. Mm. I've forgotten. But um, but they did say that the uh, reconstituted burgers were actually good. Mm. Although it was made with plant material, if I remember right. So it, yeah. it would dehydrate and, and rehydrate. Wait, 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 wait. <sighs> You're telling me that Jim freaking Baker. Yep actually managed to key into the Beyond Meat market before Beyond Meat did? <laughs> well... Damn! <laughs> well, let's, let's face it. They've had things like uh, fungus burgers for the longest time. So, you know... Yeah, it's, it's, fair enough. I mean, what mushroom... Are about? Joe? For the longest time. No. <laughs> no. 
no, no, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, it's a whole other thing. And uh, by the way, uh, Felix is, is, had, had mentioned that, uh, yeah. And the okay sign is now considered a hate sign. I, yeah. I want to address this because this is one of those things where we, excuse me a second. <coughs> Sorry. The cough is actually a hell of a lot better than it, that has been, by the way. So, you know, um, we need to remember that when we hear about stuff like this, this is this is not a we are now doing this kind of story. When we hear about this stuff or when we go research information, for instance, for why what a word means in a dictionary, we're not saying this word means this because we've said it to be. Or this hand gesture means this because we've said it to be. For instance, for those of you that are listening, this is not going to make any sense. But if I were to do this in front of a group of people, there are a bunch of people who would now look at this and go, oh, yeah, I know that song. And the only reason that it's been cataloged somewhere where you would see that the American sign language letters of Y M C A. Yes. I had to play that this past week. The only reason why we can, we can research this and learn about it is because it's been collected and cataloged. It's not that anybody else has said you will use this word because we say it means that, all of the places that have said this is what has been used as now have been collecting what's going on around us. The dictionaries say, okay, this is a new word in the dictionary now because you guys are using it and you're using it enough that we have to take notice of it. And okay, you guys say you guys have been using the term yeet now. Okay. You're using that? We'll add it in there because, well, people need to know when they go, what does that word mean? And, well, this is what you guys are talking about. So when these organizations are now saying that the OK sign is now a hate, a, a hate speech symbol, it's not that they're saying that's what you're using it for. They're saying there are groups that are now using it for that as their own little special tip off. Yeah, it's been appropriated. Exactly. And do you know why it was appropriated? Because fucking Nazis. No. Was <laughs> no. No. The, he, here, a little history lesson here. Yeah, because the earliest that I can remember with this was that it it became a oh let's see if we can hide us doing this somewhere in a picture and and people will have to notice it and. Oh, no. Go on, because obviously I, I, I know jack shit about this. Anybody here used to watch Malcolm in the Middle? No. Not really. And I'm out of orange shoes, goddammit. Okay, so there's a game that you can play where if you can make somebody look below your belt and if you've made the okay symbol, you get to hit them. This game yeah. is older than all of us. I've played that before. Yeah, I've so never heard of this. Yeah, so that's what the photograph thing is. Is a bunch of people trying to be assholes. However, it was 4chan 
that started the whole Nazi symbol is the okay sign thing. And some people on the internet did that. You'd be amazed how well this fits in because certain people on the internet had that initial emotional outrage, non-critical thinking reaction and exploded. And other people thought, gee, that's terrible that, that people are, are, are feeling such pain over this, uh, you know, this false thing. How can we troll it to make them feel worse? And that's what happened. It, it had nothing to do with appropriation. It was a strict, it was originally a strict act of trolling people because they knew the reaction they were going to get and they proliferated it. And okay. Put it this way. You got two people scuba diving. The okay symbol is an actual hand gesture. It's a sign language in scuba language. You're going to tell me now that uh, they're going to have to rethink all of like years and years of training on those hand signals for that. No, no. And we, and we know for well exactly why, because as we've said on so many occasions, context matters. I hope so. It damn well should. Yeah. Because otherwise you're you're right. You're right. It damn well should matter. And I hope people do accept that it does matter. Moving on. I don't have a lot of faith in humanity for that, but that's me. Man, 4chan, the group that brought us the Kekekistan and bronies, just to show that as much as you can have trolling and really go bad, you can have trolling that turns into a really good. Which is which? Oh, please, really. Do Do you not know who I am? Seriously any case back to the whole thing because we're we uh, I, I need to kind of steer this back into why are these you know there's there's no easy way to put this why are these freaking morons downplaying all the people who actually know what the hell it is that they're talking about and just being absolute I don't even know how to describe it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's because feelings don't care about your facts. How dare you kick my puppy? Huh. Uh, That's no. That is what this all comes down to. No, I, I'm I'm laughing because uh, uh, Bridget, help me out here. Who who was it? Was it Miss Ash- Miss Ashley with the, with the puppy, or is that Susie? Mm-hmm. That was you. No, I think it was. I think it was Susie, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't remember. We gotta, we gotta get them. We gotta get the crew back together again, man. This is bullshit. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. We gotta get the crew back together. Um. But see, the the the, the problem of it is, for me, when the hell. Did it become a matter of when did it switch from go to college, get an education, be smart and learn stuff so that you can develop new everything? When did that change over to you friggin elitist educated snobs in your ivory towers don't know what the hell you're talking about because 
reasons. When did that change? First, first Obama administration. I mean, it started a little bit before then, but it got really bad his first term because he was all educated and he was elitist and he ate arugula on his sandwiches. And yeah. Yeah, you see, on that, I wouldn't have voted for him. Arugula? Really? Yeah, and, and he likes, uh, you know, spicy mustard, too. Okay, well, I, I can't fault you for spices. On a hamburger? What's wrong with that? Good question. Well, a lot of people gave hey, me Hey, look, that. look, look. You guys invent, I don't know if you guys invented it, but I know you do it a lot. Chili on a hot dog. I rest my freaking case, Your Honor. Jesus, don't even get me started with nacho dogs then. I, I like loved those back at college. But then again, yeah. that was before I put on my pregnancy weight. Stephanie's got it right over here. It changed when the GOP thought it would be useful. You know, yeah. there there is there is something to be said for exactly that point, and it goes even beyond that, even bigger than that. Any opportunity that the Republican Party in my country has had for basically name-calling in order to drive a wedge between groups. Because even in my youth, early in my youth, I can still remember hearing the whole name-calling piece of, and, and Bridget, help me out on this one, tax and spend Democrats was the rally call. Tax and, I, and spend liberals. Yeah. I remember that one from the late 70s, I think. Yeah. But if you look at the, the really, the, that sort of cry it comes down to something, it, the equivalent of bad. It has no more meaning than that. It's like libtards. It's like, you know, just anything. Yeah. It's, it's like a des designator of... Um, outsider or yeah other or you know whatever the the believers are following it means just something not part of the flock no you're right means a danger I, it, because nobody seems to look at the actual sense of the term or the meaning of the term even no you're right you got a, you got a really good point right there because any opportunity to sow division to make the us versus them has has consistently happened over and over and over again. And it's morphed from it's morphed from well, you know what? I, I really don't remember what the real political rallies calls were actual political rally calls were from, you know, the, the 70s, because I, I did not pay attention at the time, because, you know, I was yeah. 10. You, not very many 10-year-olds pay attention to this. But right. it's been consistently push them aside, make them alienated, make them the boogeyman, make them exactly the monster that you want them to be seen as, in order to make them less palatable over and over and over again consistently. 
Mm-hmm. Now, do do the folks in the Democratic Party do the same thing? I will guardedly say, with with a massive caveat, yes. The massive caveat is never to the same extent and hardly ever, hardly from what I know of, um, through intentional deception. Now, th- this is this is a very layperson's take on it all, so you know, just bear with me a second. But where I'm going with this is, and and this is where it kind of ties together. This a uh, this personalized attack, not personal, personalized attack from the Republican Party on the Democratic Party over the years has finally morphed into them smart, no trust. I mean, really, how wrong? Is that even though I know for well I'm painting with a roller at this point, basically the size of a steamroller. I mean, really, when their when their big rally when when their big complaint is you're you're an elitist, edu- super educated uppity snob. Mm-hmm. Am I really far off base by saying they're now? complaining that people who are smart shouldn't be trusted because they're smart. I think what they've done is they've conflated. I hope I'm using that word, right? They conflated smart with liberal. Well, no, no, no. Which means no. So, so like it's, it's not that you shouldn't be trusted because you're smart. You shouldn't be trusted because you don't believe in the same politics I do. Yeah, but it's just—it's it, coming back to the same thing. It's just different. Yeah, it's outgroup. Yeah, out, well, outside but, the bubble. But yeah, but, or but but educated and liberal. Okay, I um, know. that's a fair cop because yeah, you know I, that tends yeah. to happen for but good reason. For me, was a time when somebody defended all their horribly misspelled signs at tea party protests and things. Oh. Well, that just shows they're regular folks. Oh, God. That, oh, well, wow. Yeah, but you'll find that it's the same thing that if the, the person holding the sign is part of their in-group, they'll make any fucking excuse for them. And they do. And, yeah. and, and, they and do. we've seen that happen all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, and... Apologists, um, like, I was like, just like, like, but, a, like slavery, like slavery in the Bible. It, like they'll defend even that, and they'll like yeah. go through and linguistic and mental acrobatics that don't even make any sense to anybody. And, and the whole education I, thing well, is nothing down, new. Hold on, Bridget. Sorry. But not only has education become a bad thing, but illiteracy is a virtue now. <laughs> something to be proud of and to aspire to that you can't read or oh. write above a fourth grade level. Oh, and, so and, and hold on, not just illiteracy in language, but illiteracy and ignorance in so many other things that are actually life and death decisions, i.e. Yeah. medical. Yeah. Yep. But, well, yeah, um, but it's all about following 
you know, because a follower who is following, who is not responsible for their own survival, just somebody else um, taking responsibility for their own actions, their own survival, instead of following somebody else like them, it's an insult to them. Hold on. Joseph and, and, and Bridget, help me out on this one a second. Um, those that are part of these ignorant groups who are illiterate in writing and don't very much care for the the educated because they make them feel bad, they will get an attaboy and they will get a pat on the back for being part of the in-group, which is just the stick and carrot thing that we were talking about earlier. They want to stay where they're in a group that accepts them for the way that they are, even though they're completely asinine and backs backwards about the whole damn thing. And that's one of the reasons why we can't pull them out of this morass, because they feel good about where they are, and they're addicted to that high of being with a group that makes them feel good. And how the hell do we combat that? Did and I miss is, something? This is, this, this, is, this is going right back to the survive by imitation mode, because it's working for them, so it's working for me, and anything that questions that or threatens that or anything alternative to that is a very threat to my survival. And therefore all the reactions you get from people being quote unquote questioned. Yeah. Bridget, did I miss something then? No. Your, your point? No, 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 no. You're, no, uh, Joseph. Jo uh, yeah. You got, you got your thing in Br Bridget. You're, Idiocracy you're, has become a documentary. That's all. You know, I, I have I have not seen that whole movie. I've seen clips. I have mm -hmm. ideas as to what's supposed to happen with it, and mm -hmm. that scares even with the pieces that I've seen scares the living bejesus out of me. You've yeah. got some homework, apparently. Yeah, go watch the movie. That's where we're at. I would much <laughs> rather watch the Princess Bride again. God damn. I know, but you're hiding from. The world and reality about watching the Princess Bride. Yeah, but I want to watch the Princess Bride. I know, but you need to watch it. Oh yeah, and by the yeah, and by the way, uh, Disney. By the way, yeah, fuck you guys for you know buying up 20th Century Fox and then putting all that shit into the vault so it can't be you know screened by independent film yeah. companies. Now, thank you ever so much. Wait, wait a second, Disney bought. Yeah. Fox? Yeah. The twentieth century Fox. Yeah. Twentieth century Fox. Yeah. Yeah, not not the Fox not the Fox network. No. Okay. No. The yeah. film group. That so, would be indeed. So the reason why I'm all pissed off is because I saw a thing that said that there are these uh independent film uh theaters that normally this time of the season would be, you know, licensing out things like The Fly or, you know, various other, you know, 20th Century Fox horror classics so that they can screen them for the Halloween season. And now that they're part of the House of Mouse, it's like, <laughs> no, we can't do that for you. Sorry. Goodbye. Um, here's a thought. Did, didn't 20th Century Fox make the Alien movies? Yep. That's one of them that also ends up now in the vault that can't be screened. Thank you very much. I don't know. I, I just started thinking that, you know, if that's the case, I know. Then 
technically, I know the alien queen is a Disney princess now. So is Deadpool, but we don't talk about that. I'm sorry. I was thinking about when he got pegged. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Yeah, you see, now suddenly I'm thinking of like, um, you know how Shrek did the whole fairy tale thing. You know, they had Snow White, they had Sleeping Beauty, they had Cinderella, all those other ones. And I know they weren't totally based on Disney, but man, I, I could almost see if they if they ever did another Shrek movie where they had to bring in all the princesses again, if she would be part of it. But <laughs> <laughs> Was Shrek Disney? Nope. No, no, that's the thing. So, nope, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess what I'd have to wait for then is the next Wreck It Ralph, yeah, whatever, because that is Disney, yeah, it is. All right, so what the hell time? The oh, it's 146. Sorry, I. This, when I when I reboot into Windows, I keep forgetting where the hell everything is on my screen because it's a different layout than Ubuntu. So just, just shut up and losing track of everything. Okay, so we've got these people. They they have the carrot with their less educated brethren. I'm not going to say poorly educated, just. Actually, you know what? I think that's probably a better a better word for it. Uh, willfully ignorant. Well, they 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 can mm, see the problem is. I think for a lot of these folks, the willful ignorance is something that they have been taught. I don't think they, if they take don't a have source a, of pride in it. Sarah Palin did. I, well, I, yes, I don't. I don't think they have any concept that, because, well, it's it's a mix of everything Dunning Kruger and all that. But if if what's in your head at any given time is your definition of good, and anything outside of that is bad, um, it's basically just a resistance to anything different from what you already have, and. I don't. I don't see where ignorance. Yes, it is to the outside observer. Yeah, it, maybe it is an ignorant state, but to the person themselves who's being uh, examined, um, it's not that. It's just um, a model that's quote unquote working for them, and that's it. And they just don't want to try anything outside of it. Well, what if it's what if it's less? They don't want to work outside of it, and more. They've been trained, not taught, trained to dis to to disregard outside of for reasons of uh, nebulous punishment. Now, the, the I, I want to make sure that I hold on. I want to make sure that I get this out there correctly, because if it's a matter of that, you've been taught you're not to go outside of the bounds of whatever it is that you've been taught for reasons of, uh, okay. Perfect example. Um, for reasons of hell, but it, you, you would have then been taught, um, to be willfully ignorant 
And through that, that then has the side effect of the Dunning-Kruger because you've been taught that you know all of what you know and you believe that and there's no reason not to because it's been drilled into you. Well, okay, yeah, that's that's a Venn diagram of a few things. There. I, know, um, I, I know, I know, and, I, and I'm sorry for but, that. No, 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 but but it's going into things. It's just whatever whatever your survival model is at the time, anything outside of that is bad. Um, referring to the the hell bit and all that, if you follow that rabbit hole down, um, that idea comes from another human. It's not, you know, it's not the, um, because when you're accepting the idea, before you can accept an idea, you have to accept the person it comes from as um, an authority or a survival model. Uh, and, um, yeah, again, the, the, the willful, willful ignorance, there's, there's no concept of ignorance. Um, it's just doing sane or different. And that's it. Well, where I was coming from with that is a lack of intellectual curiosity or just being so pompous that you think it doesn't matter. Like visiting another country, it usually helps to find out what their customs are, uh, what's offensive, what's not, what their protocols are. And to just assume, oh, I don't need to know that stuff and go over there anyway and then offend everybody. I mean, that's willful ignorance. Imposing your culture on everybody else, which is what religion does. And what, uh, um, oh, and what did I just read recently? That uh, certain Middle Eastern hotbed countries are a great bucket list place for single women to go alone. Uh, uh, I've actually, wow. no, there has been an article about that. Well, wow. I mean, now that Dr. Kevorkian isn't around, sure, yeah. I mean, <sighs> think about well, it. Needless, I'll needless I'll to say, yeah. Oh. Needless to say, the the reason I learned about this is because uh, another lady has been missing, and it was because articles like this where they they don't tell you like, okay, look, if you want to go there, if you're a woman. I know there's a whole lot of stuff in America here that's telling you that you're this, you're that, you're the other thing, but that's America. The second you step outside that gigantic bubble of the United States, things are different. They are very different. They are dangerously different. In a lot of places, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... But, you know, these people are like, oh, no, no, you know, because the U.S. is friends with everybody. And the second you say you're American, they will bow down and kiss your feet, especially if you go through our travel agency, you know, now offering rates. <laughs> well, like like in Iraq. Yeah. Uh. But but this is it. Like, you know, and you've got those people who go out and say, you know, oh, these these people aren't that bad. Evil's just a concept. And they ended up dead. Uh-huh. Because yeah. that's exactly it. Because they're they're convinced that their their survival bu- bubble is like the entire world, and that everybody else thinks like them or doesn't quote unquote. Uh, yeah, like and it's a it's a uh, it's a terrible naivete. 
that uh, these people are, are suffering from. And suffering is a pretty good word. Well, there's, there's a no, good... As long as they're within their element with other, quote-unquote, like-minded uh, bubbleists, I don't know what to call them, but uh, they'll be fine. But as soon as they stray outside of that, um, you know, uh, which is why more culty religions... Um, after they indoctrinate their, their, their young, they have a real fear of their, their indoctrinees um, hearing, even hearing any other opinion outside of uh, whatever they were indoctrinated with, because that can have an effect on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you go overseas, uh, there are some really smart, I'm going to say kids, because... Uh, the 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 twenties are the ones who know this trick and are, are more than willing to do it. They will put Canadian flags on their stuff in noticeable but not over the top locations to pass as Canadians because they speak English properly, give or take, and they don't get targeted nearly as harshly because of the way that things are these days. Oh, yeah. And that works right up until you find that one bus driver or that one person who's actually been there. Yeah. I've heard stories of that where a couple of Americans, they, they thought they would do that because, you know, they, they knew the trick. And I'm not sure what happened or if, they, if the person they were talking to suddenly got tipped off by something. But this guy brought up things about Canada in casual conversations, and apparently these guys lived in Toronto, Saskatchewan. Yeah, you wouldn't now, you wouldn't know my uh, you wouldn't know my city that I came from. I mean, it it it's uh, uh, my girlfriend lives in uh, uh, Los Angeles, New York. Yeah. Huh. Well, but to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey, hey, now. It is possible that such a place does exist. I mean, I've I've only been to you know through a few places, a few provinces, and even then only in a limited number of areas. <clears throat> Largely because if you know the second you get outside of some of the major cities in some of these places, you're convinced that you've kind of left the planet. I just want to say I've been to London and I've been to Dublin without ever leaving Ohio. Yeah. I've been to Romulus. <laughs> I can go to Vulcan. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, I can go to Dildo. What you do on your weekends is your business, man. So long <laughs> as you got the mileage per hour, I don't care. Just don't get impacted by a moose. Yeah, that's... Uh, Dim Moose is horny. But if you're looking for a real adventure, go to hell, Michigan! <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I, I think I've heard of that one. No, you, you, yep. you have. I want to go to Intercourse, Pennsylvania this weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll do that some night and... Yeah, but talk about oh, cities not in you know screw you all. I don't care c cities out of context um 
That's right. But I no, still got to uh, figure out which cities I can start claiming for you. That, I, I keep forgetting about uh, that. That's later. Yeah. But um, no, kind of going back to the whole, uh, you know, it, education is bad thing. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple more moments. Yeah. Uh, this is nothing new. And yeah. it's just so, no, it just so happens that right now, uh, the GOP, whose base is a lot of these blue collar, realistic type people, you know, I mean, when, when we say, when people say Trump played to the, to his base, that's exactly what he did. Yep. And so he keyed into a sentiment that's been there for years, you know? Oh, y'all think you're so good because y'all went to that fancy school that taught you all about chemistry and, and life. Well, well, how does that help me? How does that help me when I'm working with, you know, whatever or not working for that matter? The resentment that someone is better at something than you or that someone is more educated. than you, it, It's a shot to the vanity. And. If someone in your group goes out and gets that education, they come back. Well, they're not part of the group anymore. Well, yeah, we're talking about two different mentalities. So to, to that person, <clears throat> yeah, basically somebody in a bubble of ignorance, like a survived by imitator, they know everything already. They need all they need to know. and And that's it. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of that, there's no better or worse. There's only different because they don't know how to judge what's better or worse. Yeah. And whether that's by whether that's by design or by circumstance, it it is what it is. Like I, I've come into situations before. Um, I actually got into a bad situation with somebody working in the the French administration. Um. You know, I've been doing research for like a year. Basically, I went to a meeting and I presented a year of research like on a platter for them to just to take, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and their reaction was, oh, you're not going to tell us how to do our job. Which, you know, that, that was totally unexpected uh, because... <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm, you know, basically I'm offering up something. Me as a critical thinker, um, I'm presenting my research to be tested. Actually, I expect to be tested. But the reaction I got was, um, yeah, well, what you're doing is different from what we're doing. So automatic rejection. And this is even in academia. Mm-hmm. But do you, do you see what I'm saying? The difference between the two worlds. Because um, when I'm, yeah, I when I expect to be tested, like, oh. critical thinkers when they exchange information, basically they're they're exchanging survival experience and survival. You know, we have an interest by by me talking to you guys about something I experienced. I'm presenting something to you to be tested so you can try this for yourselves to try it out maybe make your chances of survival your existence a little better you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. this is between rational people but between non-critical thinkers or survive by imitators um 
their conversations seem to be more around how sane they are, how different they are. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The same information exchanged inside and outside of that bubble, it becomes two completely different things. I hope I was clear. Yeah, and forgive me, I'm kind of tracing down something because I'm, I, something that's really bugging at me and we don't have a hell of a lot of time. And I think I found a, a piece that really makes me wonder. Uh, while we've got just a, a couple more moments over here, and uh, personally speaking, I'm going to completely forego uh, any kind of final thoughts for myself. But I want to feed you guys a couple of really quick pieces of information and have you guys give me whatever your final thoughts are on this. Um, and just so that uh, just so you've got some kind of an idea about this, uh, Joseph, I'm going to end up uh, coming to you on this one. One of the things that we uh, that we ended up hitting on was the idea that education. Um, how do I best put this? higher education bad and how it's kind of become like this 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 bludgeon that's been used for political gain uh, over the last what seems to be the last to, to, to however many years it's been right now i went looking up information really quickly about the last couple of presidencies here to look really quickly at their levels of education and what they did. And I'm thinking that I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of a pattern where it bears out because of the way that it's played out. Um, going back to um, uh, George H.W. Bush, George the Older, the, the Elder, whatever it was, um, he was in the U.S. Navy during World War II. So he had combat experience in the military. Uh, all right, let me let me let me trace this down a little bit further. Hold on a second. Um, after the military, he went to Yale, undergraduate degree in economics in two and a half instead of four years, which in and of itself is kind of hanky to me. I, I kind of get the funny feeling that Maybe he was that smart. Maybe he kind of got a little deferment. I don't know. Whatever. He got a degree. Bush father. Right. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, so he, he did get a degree. Uh, all right, hold on. Let me let me get the rest of it all. Uh, okay. And also got a Bachelor of Arts degree in economics. So we got an undergrad degree in economics and then Bachelor of Arts in economics. So Bush the Elder has some knowledge about economics to some degree. No, no pun intended. Bill Clinton. Uh, he went to Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. Uh, he earned a Bachelor of Science in Foreign Service. Uh, 
forgive me, I'm, I'm trying to read these through really quickly because I, I didn't get the chance to really... This is one of those things that just got to gotta do this one really quickly. Uh, he left early uh, from Oxford because of the Vietnam War. Uh, because he didn't want to go, and he, he uh, I think, is what it was that was going on. Anyway, so he 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 did get he he did get a scholarship and a degree, but he opposed the Vietnam War, so that did not go over real well, as you can probably imagine. George W. Bush, uh, the the, how do I best put this? The mission accomplished in charge, he let me get it over here. Uh, high school, high school, prep school. Okay, Yale University, Bachelor of Arts in History. Uh, characterized himself as an average student. Uh, his GP, uh, okay, according to this, his GPA was seventy-seven. Uh, I'm assuming it was like seventy-seven out of a hundred. I'm assuming from the way that this is written up. So you know, he as an average student, okay, yeah, I, I can get that. Uh, he also earned an MBA. In what area? At Harvard Business School. Earned an MBA. Okay, fine. Barack Obama. He was University of Hawaii. Uh, no, sorry, back up. That was his parents. But Try to find it over here. Uh... What did he I, I think get you'll thing? notice. I think you'll notice on the Republican side of things, the 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 um, uh, I don't want to call them leaders, but um, <clears throat> I'd like to call them more marionettes. But I think you find that um, their educational level is anyway. well, not their education level, but their intellectual capacity or. Uh, the, let's call it intellectual will, has been on the decline since probably Reagan, with the exception of uh, Bush. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know about Bush father. But he was um, one of the swingers in Carlisle, so... Yeah. um, Yeah, I think it's... I, that's a rare exception of somebody coming from behind the curtain to lead yeah. things. But I wonder, though, like we we characterize, you know, the GOP as a bunch of rednecks in suits. <clears throat> but it's not that simple. Well, no. And also hearing, you know, to hear these, you know, to hear about the, the educational credentials and stuff like that. I get the feeling that. The, they're 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 dumbing themselves down for their base so that they can get the votes that they want. 
Well, that's that's the message they're putting out because I think <clears throat> somebody I I came up with uh, you know the Repub Republican voters are either people who um, don't make value judgments for themselves or people who want the first group to stay exactly that way. And somebody else came out with an analogy. They said uh, Republicans are either... Uh, it, it's an existing expression. Republican voters are either idiots or, no, billionaires. Um, to find out which one you are, check your wallet. Yeah. Where I was trying to go with this, though, is that, you know, the last few presidents have been somewhat educated. At least they have some, they have some college behind them. They do have some degrees. They have some learnedness in areas that could be helpful. But then the problem comes up of when we ended up with Barack Obama, who was somebody who was educated, pretty damned well-educated, well-spoken, well-composed, and a social leader in a lot of areas in Chicago. Not the grandest of places in a lot of ways. I think that's where a lot more of the rhetoric of the elitist snob started to come out. And where I wanted to go with this was, and uh, again, Joseph, I'm going to give you a, a, a moment to kind of you know, put this one together for your last item here. Is this something that I'm trying to figure the right way of, of wording this. Is this unfair for those who are in leadership positions to do, to make the painting that our guy, yeah, he was educated, but this other guy that's better educated is just bad because they're on the other side, even though they're smart too. I guess I might be not wording it quite right, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting it across correctly. Consider the listener too. Uh, what's that going to mean to them? Because anybody rational, that's not going to make any sense at all. <clears throat> so it's a message tailored for a certain type of listener. And it about comes to that. Because when the majority of uh, a population is a certain way, of course the message is going to be tailored to them if the, the desired result is votes. Which is another thing and another story and another Yet a whole other issue that we can Let's cover down say, someday. If a majority of humanity was actually thought rationally, I think our media and everything would look a lot different. No argument for me on this one, Joey. Do you want to? Do you want to sound off on this one at all?
uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a concise closer, but I'm sorry. You know what? You you think about it for a couple of moments. Uh, let me let me have let me let me pull Bridget in. And we'll give you we'll give you a couple of moments to kind of think through and and see if there's something that actually does pop for you. Don't don't sweat it, Bridget. I'll, I'll pose it over to you. Like I said, you know the, this message. Considering, I mean, well, I, I don't know what you how you want to go with it. One thing that I found interesting is comparing speeches of you know the POTUS how you know w and trump both give speeches on about a fourth grade level and obama gave speeches at about an 11th grade level and i just thought that was interesting you know i got no problem with that i mean you want to talk on a on a, on a higher high school level I don't see that as being a, a bad thing. It's not, but I just I thought it was an interesting difference between you know the two approaches. But I guess they were addressing different audiences. Okay. Man, that's awesome right there. Okay, um, Dylan, let me let me go ahead and pull you in at this point and then uh and then joe i'll, I'll see yeah. what you got at that point i don't know i think um there is definitely a lack of more rational thought these days um you know a lot of people say you know look at the look at the system we're in and that's what gave you gave you trump and I, I think there's something to that, but it's, <clears throat> it is, the, it is the whole idea that, you know, people just didn't, they weren't thinking, they weren't really evaluating what was in front of them. They just assumed that, oh, don't, you know, someone else will take care of it. But at the same time, as much as I acknowledge that, yeah, we definitely need people to think more critically these days. There are a lot of circumstances, a lot of things about working behind the scenes that are the reason why they're not. And I think that's the, that's the sad part is it, it kind of goes back to, to Maslow, uh, which again is not the most accurate model psychologically speaking, but it's a pretty simple one. People are stuck at a certain level right now where they can't afford to step out and start thinking critically to advance themselves because if they do, they end up neglecting, you know, a, a base need that they still haven't fulfilled. This could be a security need, could be financial, you know, it's like, no, I, I don't have, I don't have the time to, to think about all of this, that, and the other thing, cause I got to go to work and I got to go work my 12 hour shift because it's all I can afford to do. No, I can't go get an education. I can't afford to take time off because even though student loans would pay for my, 
my school, they wouldn't pay my rent. They wouldn't pay this. They wouldn't pay that. So I, I think in a way we're, we're kind of painted into a corner right now where it's not, oh, and I hate to use this word, it's not convenient to expand your thinking right now and be more critical, be more skeptical. Because right now, just you can't. You don't have, you don't have time. You don't have the bandwidth. Uh, you don't have enough spoons to, to, you know, to, to work on that. You just, you can't, you can't slow down because you're too busy being dragged along at life's pace. Treading water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a brick. Yep. But the brick is what's keeping you alive because I don't know. It's a brick full of Big Macs. I don't, I don't know, but, <laughs> but 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 no. But but that's the thing. Like you can't. Oh, what is it? Um, when you're Malari. working three jobs, there's just not time or money to go to school. Yeah, it, it, it's like Londo Malari once said. I want to stop running around like a man who's for an appointment, always looking ahead or looking behind. Yeah, and that's where everybody is right now. So. All they, all they have enough time for is the 30-second soundbite on CNN or Fox News, depending on, you know, what you do, or, you know, BuzzFeed's 40-point font headline, and that's all you can take because that's all you have time for. You don't have time to process it anymore. Life has just gotten too fast, and people who would normally be able to take the time and say, okay, let's think about this. They just, they can't be bothered. This is why you need to legalize marijuana. But everybody slows down. (laughs) Only if we're allowed to get the chips from your side of the border over here. Uh, You know what? I'll leave that up to the, uh, to the trade people or people who are in charge of, you know, foreign affairs and trade and shit like that. And if you need to hook up, we'll talk. Great American Canadian soup store. You know, be really nice over there. St. Cat's just send all of those, uh, all, all the chips across the border that are barbecued rib flavored. Cause that's a thing that's like utterly delicious. And I was talking about the onion ring lice. Those were really good too. Yeah. We'll think about that. Anyway. And the ketchup Doritos. <laughs> Who knew? Well, the Canadians, but you know, well, they're keeping that for the, themselves. So those are relatively new, actually. Yeah, they were pretty good. Had a little <laughs> steak sandwich, and I was like, huh. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Joe? Yes, sir. So <laughs> I know I kind of gave you a little extra time, and if it if it come down to a matter of that, just a, a brick wall for you, that's fine too. I'll be honest; it kind of is tonight. I'm. It's I your first night back, man. Don't worry. Well, that and I wasn't sure I was going to be here tonight because uh, I've been having some pretty bad headaches. It's kind of mm. where I was. I went and laid down before the show, and well, unfortunately, my alarm is quite persistent. So, <laughs> not a worry. I'm just glad that you're able to make it at all. So don't sweat it. Mm. 
so like I said, uh, I was going to go ahead and just forego a closing. So I'm just going to forego a closing. Thank you all for being with us tonight. We hope that you had, uh, you had a little bit of fun and found something worthwhile in all, all of our perspectives and you got something to think about. Of course, as always, all you guys over there in the live chat, thank you very much. Uh, Stephanie, Felis, Ryan, Trippin, did see you earlier, by the way. Hi. And bye, because I don't know if you're still there at this point. Doesn't matter. You know what? Doesn't matter. You were there. Thank you. Uh, thank you to the crew for uh, for being with. So, uh, Joseph, of course, as always, you have a good week, I hope, and uh, good luck with it all. Yeah, thanks. Um, I just want to, if I can, add one note. By all means. Yeah. Um, really for me, just, just to sum everything up together for me, the, the biggest divider of humanity is those who think for themselves, thus survive for themselves. And those who don't, those who rely on others. And it about comes down. If you draw the lines there, um, the world looks very different and there you find, I, also, I find a lot of answers in that. So just, you know, something to think about. Fair enough. Uh, out of curiosity, by the way, um, next week is Halloween here in the North American area. I don't really remember. Is Halloween something that's celebrated over or, or done at all over in Paris? It's a fad. Uh, people have costume parties and things like that. Okay. Just I mean, an excuse to have a... I might be at the cal. I might have to miss out next week. Uh, when is Halloween? Uh, the thirty first Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Damn. Okay. Right. Yeah, because I'm going to be heading up to the castle next weekend, so I might miss out on, which is a fucking great opportunity for a Halloween party. But unfortunately, you know, haunted castle. He's going to be up at the castle. Blah 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 blah. I do not say blah blah blah. I do not say blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How and many I'm, times do I have to tell you that? <laughs> and I'm sure somebody's probably going to tell that to Kage yet again, but yeah, he's 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 too nice to to do that to anybody. I'm 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 rigging on somebody that really really shouldn't. But anyway, seriously, you have uh, you have a safe well party time or whatever it is that you're going to be doing, Joseph. You you have yourself a good week. Okay, you too, sir. Thank you. No worries, Joey. Again. Glad you were able to make it. I hope that you feel better, and uh, I guess uh, go take yourself uh, rest of your morning sleep. I guess at this point, yeah. Uh, more, more likely just a nap because I got some things I got to do before I do proper sleep before work. But yeah, fair enough. Still, you take care of yourself, man. Yeah. Apologies, my schedule is just kind of like really, really crazy right now. Dude, you do realize we don't exactly have you punch in or nothing. You you show when you show and you don't when you don't. Don't worry about it. You know that. Yeah. You've been yeah, doing this long like enough. We, you should it's know. It's not like we get paid for it. It's true. <laughs> anyway, seriously, you take care of yourself, man. Thank you. No problem. Bridget, um, congratulations on uh, going another day without having snow yet. Yeah, uh, we're supposed to have a killing freeze in a couple of days, but, you know. Joy. It's all good. It's supposed to get down to, you know, 20 freedom units. 
Yeah. I don't know what that is in Celsius, but cold. 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 <laughs> Freedom units. Oh my God. Remember, <laughs> kids, remember anything negative Celsius is burr. Yeah. And that's going to be what, like minus th- four or minus five, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It's going to be cold. Yeah. And now that Joe's disappeared, um, my my names on the screen are all screwed up. Sorry about that. I'm just going to get rid of them at this point just to be on the safe side. So folks want to find you. Bridget. Uh, you can send me a friend request on Facebook, Bridget Fitch, or find me at the blog at BridgetFitch2112.wordpress.com or see me at the trailer park on Beyond the Trailer Park. Monday at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. And hoping everything's going good with you guys over there. I know uh, things have been a little... It's been touch and go because Beth's been having some issues, but, you know. Still trying. It's life. It's life. Fair enough. Yeah. And, uh, Dallin, uh, I, I have a little something that I have to tell you. And uh, you're probably yes. going to be really upset with me about this one. Uh, you remember how I went ahead and I, I, I was looking to screw you over with the uh, with the write-up for the opening for this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you looked at the uh, if you looked at the doc with the write-up, you'd find out that just after the part that I screwed around with is the original part that's just painted in white on a white background so that you couldn't see it. <laughs> Cute. Anyway, of course, uh, as always, thank you for your time and uh, for all you do. And go ahead and, and, and do your shtick. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, for those of you that, uh, uh, how do I put this? Uh, yeah, for those of you that, you know, want to take this mobile, of course, um, I am the curator of the audio version of this show over at holyvlogcast.com. Uh, for myself, if I ever got any consciousness streams, I want to. Uh, blast out into the ether there you can catch that over at in the wind.yo5.ca excellent and i'm looking for the information about uh the time change in the u.s so yeah i already that's next sunday well uh, funny enough this says uh next change is november 3rd so next sunday weekend yeah Okay, so for those of you that are wondering, uh, are we going to be on for a three-hour show? No. <laughs> no. Fuck no, as a matter of fact. Well, I'm sorry, did I, did I say that loud enough? Well, no, no, the, the thing is, we usually wrap up, okay, like for me right now, it's about me. My time change, my time change happens at 1 a.m. Yeah. So, you know what, if, if I have to be the official timekeeper next weekend, I'm okay with that. No. No, it's 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 going to be what it's going to be, and uh, I will have to. Uh, well, we will. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I always do because I always have to, because it's it's kind of the way that it is. It's it's. I hate this time because this is where it gets all kinds of screwed up. Because folks that have been keeping track of it via UTC, I know. I'm sorry. Those of you that are outside of the North American time zones, it's going to suck for a while. I'm sorry. 
but yeah. you know, we we it's a necessary evil for the time being, and we work with it the best we can. Thanks for putting up with it for all this time. It's been how many years? God, I keep thinking, I keep looking at the numbers, and I keep like, oh, how many years has it been? It's been uh, uh, carry the four. God, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. As Alan said, take a swing over to uh, holycrapvlogcast.com and all the social information that you need is over there. Um, by the way, for those of you that have uh, still uh, hooked up with uh, Google Hangouts, uh, sorry. And for those of you that are still part of Yahoo groups, um, I got bad news for you. You can look that up on, on the news for yourself a little bit later. If you'd like to leave a voicemail message for us, by the way, the phone number is. Oh, and by the way, Dallin, the reason why you didn't uh, you didn't uh, have it written down anywhere is because I use our business card as the graphic, which has got it. That's ah. why it's. Yeah, we'll we'll okay. we'll fix that up for you for next time. So it's eight five nine HCTV five five four eight five nine four two eight eight five five four, and we will be looking forward to seeing you soon. Of course, as always, because that's kind of what we're here for. And as an item last, because I keep trying to remind everybody about this, especially in the areas where there are gourds to be found, pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns. If you're driving in an area where these are a thing, especially at night, please be exceptionally careful as you're coming along on highway overpasses. It is not uncommon for the youth to find out what it looks like when you toss a gourd into oncoming traffic. I can tell you from somebody that's seen, it's not pretty. If you are driving over these overpasses and you see something that looks weird, just pull over, stop and watch. That is enough to get kids to just move it along. Worst case scenario give a call to the local constabulatory. The worst that can happen is they say, you do realize you're calling on an emergency line. This is not an emergency, but we'll have somebody check it out anyway. Thank you for calling. Worst case scenario. Keep that in mind. Regardless, please be safe. Enjoy your holiday, however it is that you celebrate it. And remember, nobody is going to like your kids enough to give out weed-infused candy. It's not going to have happen. You're more likely to find a panzer in a package of Pocky. Okay? Because that stuff ain't cheap. It ain't. It ain't. What was that I said before about the whole culture of fear and consumption thing? Yeah. yeah. What I'm going I to be consuming... my case. What I'm going to be consuming very shortly is sleep. So, you all have yourselves a good week. We'll be looking forward to talking to you again next time. But until then, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And my lady, too damn many years later, I am still in love. Matinee Fushin, I love you. I miss you. Dream with me. As always, until the next time we get together, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. 
Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>